On today's brand new episode of the podcast, I'm chatting with former NFL player Raymond Harris on why you just got to chase your goals. My name's Jake Thompson. I'm a speaker, author, and most importantly, your chief encouragement officer. Welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Good morning, Competitor Nation. Welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer. Today, I'm excited to welcome Ohio State and former NFL back Raymond Harris to the show as we talk about his career and recent transition into speaking and coaching after years playing the game of football, working in development for his alma mater and now looking for an opportunity to help others. We talk about identity and how we can get wrapped up in not only the sport we play, but the job that we have, the importance of mental health, and why sometimes getting help is the right move, even if it's the one most people seem to frown upon. You're going to get a lot of takeaways from this great man today, and I'm going to encourage you at the end of the show to give him a follow on Instagram and Raymond Harris. You'll see it tagged right here in the show notes. As we dive into the show, I want to encourage you to join the Morning Motivation Club. It's easy, it's quick, and all you got to do is text the word podcast to 972-945-9113. That's word podcast to 972-945-9113. You'll get a text message in the morning from me to help you start the day focused, encouraged, and empowered to show up and compete. You'll be given reminders on what it takes to win. You'll give encouragement for those days you need to get up and get going when you lack that feeling of motivation, and you're going to get a constant source of positive content from us at the Compete Everyday team. So all you got to do is join by texting podcast to 972-945-9113. And now let's welcome to the show, Raymond Harris. Hey, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, It's good to be here. Uh, I feel honored because I compete every day on a regular basis. So let's go. (laughs) I was about to say, look, looking at not only the energy and content you put out on social and just how you bring it, but knowing you had quite the athletic career as well, that mentality uh, does not surprise me in the slightest. Before we kind of flash back a little bit, give us a snapshot of what you do today and, and where's home? What's life like for you? Uh, well, home is Columbus, Ohio. And I am from Ohio. I'm from a small little steel city called Lorraine, which is roughly 30 miles west of, of the city of, of Cleveland, right on the lake, right on Lake Erie. And I've been, uh, you know, after growing up there, I went to school at Ohio State and, you know, went away and played in the, in the NFL for a while and then came back uh, 22 years ago. So I've been in Ohio that long. And where I am currently is uh, over the last 15 years, I was uh, director of development at Ohio State's uh, athletic in Ohio State's athletic department, uh, raising major gifts. And I recently retired 15 years ago. I mean, <laughs> I started 15 years <laughs> years ago, but um, yeah, I recently recently retired a few months ago to start my own business and my own company. Uh, it's called Elite Mindset and Performance uh, (EMP). And uh, so I do coaching, consulting, uh, public speaking, and I'm also starting my own nonprofit. So I have a lot of stuff going on right now, my guy. I am am (laughs) competing with life right now for my best life. 
Uh, man, your your best life is right. And, and one of the things I saw that really that's where I found you was when you were talking about controlling the controllables, which has been a just recurring theme for us here at the show as well. I want to dive into that. But, but before we do, I, I want to take a step back and talk about kind of your career. You played high level college football. You played NFL football. You've stayed in the athletic space. Now you've transitioned to helping coach and build kind of that elite mindset. Was there ever a, a point where you yourself struggled from the mental side of separating who you were, Raymond Harris, from the game you played? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was not it wasn't always like this. I uh, <clears throat> I was pretty fortunate to have uh, a few people that were uh and influential roles like throughout my life uh even though like my home life was you know was not uh necessarily as ideal as you may have wanted it to be um so many times when you're like in the uh, an elite athlete you end up getting identified with your sport and that tends to happen as soon as you start getting celebrated so around high school time is when i started to take off and, and then you go to like a big time you know, college football program like Ohio State, you become the center of attention. And then going into uh, the NFL and playing there for six years, you, you're pretty much identified with what you do. The problem and the issue and the, and the, uh, uh, the spot where things become like really tricky and dicey for, like for, for athletes is like when it's, uh, it's over. And typically in football, it's over abruptly. You have no control over it. It's just gone. And then all of a sudden, you're no longer celebrated. You're now considered a has-been or you know someone who used to be good. And you have to kind of deal with the grieving of like losing that identity. And at the same time, also trying to figure out the, you know, uh, all the transferable skills that you've had that can apply to like the, the new parts of your life. So it, it was a really uh, tricky uh, time for me when I made my transition from the game. I, I would imagine. So, you know, we, we still see it, even those of us that played sports at any level, you had that abruptness. And obviously the longer you played similar to, to your experience, the more you're tied in with that identity. But we, we even see it today in, you know, corporate America and the clients you and I work with of, Hey, I'm only this president, or I'm only in this corner office and, and something can happen, a recession, things change and you lose that. And people start to identify their value and self-worth in, in that role that was. And there's that real struggle in that piece. And so athletes having that transition, I think, gives you an advantage to be able to do that in other areas of your life. The other thing I'm, I'm actually intrigued about, and I, I think I've heard you talk about this, but the importance of the people around you and who you associate with. Because in sports, you know, the more popular you are, the bigger name you are, when you're playing on Saturdays and on Sundays, everybody wants to be your friend. And they're not really your friend because they don't have your best interest at heart. So you've got to be intentional about that circle. Talk to me about the power of relationships in your life and, and maybe somebody that you've worked with or been alongside that's really helped you grow and develop um, into who you are today. Honestly, uh, the best thing that you can do when it comes to like relationships and being able to surround yourself with people that will have your best interests at hand is being around people that are honest and open and genuine about not only like your your positives but also your negatives strengths and weaknesses uh so many times we get into spaces where you know people love and adore us 
And then there are reasons that they may or may not give us the truth. They may want to, they may have ulterior motives. They may be, uh, just want to, they want to be polite. They don't want to interfere with the, you know, the smoothness of the relationship. So, but when that happens, you then have like this false sense of like, you know, where your um, relationship is and possibly like who you may be and how you're showing up. So it was always important for me to, to get the real, to have people around me that will, will uh, let me know exactly when I'm doing well and when I'm not doing well. So when you do that, <clears throat> it gives you a chance to at least be able to show up as a, as a true, genuine, authentic kind of person who, who, who values like relationships and then can also be um, empathetic to others. So I got fortunate because, you know, the friends around me, like, yeah, they just have always been that way. But, you know, we have to be courageous enough to, to you know, always throw ourselves in, in those kinds of positions versus seeking out people that are just going to kind of placate and, uh, and, and tell us what, what we want to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a, a coach that cares about you. Sometimes they're going to get on you. And they're going to, they're going to yell, but they're going to point out and teach. Here's how you can improve versus like, man, you, you, you're doing a great job, even though you've missed like three different pass protections and you went the wrong way on a route, <laughs> right, <laughs> it's right, not right. going to work well. Right. And friends do that too. Along I'm those saying, same, go ahead. I can real quick. Like, so yeah. it, it, back to like really one of my, the most pivotal th- uh, moments for me in terms of like the, my trajectory of understanding like what could actually happen for me like my junior year in college um I was on top of the world life was going great and then we had a new coach come in and switch the offense and then they wanted me to change my position and I didn't want to change the position if you're familiar with football I I played running back they wanted me to go to fullback and that's more dirty work and uh, more supporting actor versus the lead actor I want to be the man score touchdowns and, and get the glamour and I didn't go into it with the right kind of mindset. Of course, eventually I ended up having like the worst season of my career. I'm going to transfer. And then my strength coach, he called me into his room and we actually had a conversation. And, and I thought that I was seeing the world from like this, from, you know, from um, the vantage point of, I was, I'm doing everything I, I need to do. Like these guys don't know what they're doing. They don't have any idea. This offense sucks. This I'm better than this guy. Like that was my, my, my mindset and my mentality. And if you're around people that will like play to that, man, there's no possible way that you'll be able to like grow and have like, like positive things come about like from your life. And it's almost damn near impossible to have like a, like a, a positive life with that kind of negative mindset. Luckily he stepped in, shot me the real, um, you're good at this, this, and this, you have not been doing this and that, and that, and that. And I had to, I really had to come to grips with um, the, the vision that I had of myself and actually altering it to realize that how I was actually showing up for everyone else was not exactly like, you know, what I was thinking. So to have someone actually point that out to me, it was just one of the most valuable learning le- life lessons for me uh, ever. Well, and they, they cared enough about you to point that out, but then you made the choice, which is the really that defining moment. Am I going to take agency over my choices in life and how I'm showing up? Or am I going to point the finger? And yeah. we see it every day in society. And, and I know you do a lot of work with leaders of helping to empower them and, and say, where can I take ownership? You know, an employee messes up, 
what can I do to better coach and teach them up versus like, oh, they're, you know, they're always messing up along the same lines with those relationships. So you posted on Instagram just a couple of days ago, this idea of, of ships and our bodies and minds are like ships. What do you do to control your mental ship and what gets in and how you are very intentional with what you consume, either reading, writing? Do you have a routine in terms of how you guard your thoughts and your mindset? Yeah, I actually do. And um, it's really kind of come about from over the last uh, few years. I am a huge advocate of uh, therapy. Um, it's not something that has always been celebrated like in our society uh, when it comes to men, especially black men. Especially men, yeah. Yeah. So um, being someone who has um, been open, I mean, there's a level of vulnerability you have to have to be able to sit in a room and actually truly be honest, showing up um, and sharing like your weaknesses. Um, being Also being open to uh, someone giving you like a real critique like those types of things allow for growth. So over the last 20 years, I've been open to that and I have grown so much. Uh, of course, just like everyone else, I'm not perfect. I still struggle with like these different things, but I've learned that when I, any and everything that happens, there are multiple ways to look at it. Ideally two, positive and negative. I tend to skew positive. When you, whenever there is uh, an opportunity to be around people that um, share the same kind of positive mindset and positive attitude, I like to surround myself with them. So I actually, the great thing is I get to choose who I'm around because that helps uh, encourage me to believe in myself, continue to have patience, po be positive. Um, if things are not going well, I'll have people around me that are going to encourage me to uh, maybe be adaptable and then be resilient. All these different things. Um, I have eight pillars that I just truly believe are are the key to to getting to where we want to be as, in terms of like the, our best selves. Those eight pillars all involve like us being able to choose and control like what we want to control. So the way I typically do that is. The things that I've learned over all these years, I try to make sure that I surround myself with good, positive people that think and feel the same way. That way, when I have bad days, I have people to lean on as well. I love that. I love that. I, I want to ask you uh, something you said there that uh, kind of along those lines that when you talk about therapy and you talk about working through a lot of challenges, that vulnerability, it, it's not something talked about more so recently than it ever has been. What for you was kind of, honestly, what, what just made you take that step to do something that a lot of people in kind of a very masculine, heavy, violent type sport of football tend to frown upon, especially I would imagine in the days you played in kind of those mid nineties timeframe of like, what do you, what do you mean this? Like, and even in the early two thousands of somebody like, why would you go do this? Like, what was that pivotal factor that said, I need to work on me and I'm willing to do this, even if, quote, most of society looks at it oddly. Yeah. Um, honestly, man, I wish I could tell you it was just because I had grown to this point where I decided that, hey, I'm going to be better. But that really wasn't it. Unfortunately, I felt like, like my life was crumbling. Uh, the transition from, you know, the NFL to, let's call it the, the real world. 
or life without that identity was really starting to settle in. And what I didn't realize and understand was that there was so much of my identity wrapped up in that, that so much so that when it was gone, um, I was now seeking and searching uh, validation. I was seeking and ser searching uh, people to celebrate me and do these types of things. So now I'm like this person who's in a, uh, I have, I'm married, I have this happy life. And now I'm struggling with like who I am, you know, uh, under the surface. And unfortunately, I didn't have the words to communicate uh, the feelings that I was going through. So because of that, I started acting out. I started searching out and doing these different things that were um, not uh, great things to, you know, to be doing like uh, as a married, committed person. Life started to crumble. And as a last resort, I, I decided to go, uh, you know, I took some someone's advice and, and went to therapy. And it it was truly um, like a game changer and a lifesaver for me. So unfortunately, you know, I'm glad, well, I'm very glad, very much uh, glad that it happened. I wish it had had, you know, the catalyst had been something different, but you know, when I look back at my story, um, I'm very happy and, and proud of like who I am today. So uh, it happens. Appreciate you sharing that. Thank yeah, you. Thank you for being transparent, sharing that. Sure. I'm curious kind of along those lines. I, I know you talk about mental health and wellness with athletes. I know you talk about a number of things. What really, what was the catalyst for you to, after retiring from development and working in the collegiate space to really step into, I want to, I want to speak. I want to coach. I want to help people live their best life as, as you love to say it. What was kind of that catalyst to make you move this direction? Cause there's a million things you could have done. And there's a lot of people who are like, man, if I played in the NFL and then I worked for a career for 15 years, I'd be out fishing. I would travel. I'd be on the golf course, but you're like, I'm gonna start a business and a nonprofit. Like, tell me about that catalyst. Yeah, uh, well, <clears throat> the catalyst, I realized that my entire life, like this is what I have been doing. I've always been the person who was like a big brother or a mentor or a captain or someone that people look to uh, in this leadership role. And one day I was um, just going about my business. I, now, I had a, an awesome job at Ohio State. I did. I was a director of development. So the majority of my days would be playing golf, uh, going to dinners going to sitting in suites, uh, being on the field, <laughs> whatever random like sport event. And um, if you looked at it from the outside, it, it looked like I was like living the, the best life. And I was, but once, but one, there came a time when I was listening to a, a podcast and the guest on there was talking about like this job that they, they didn't necessarily love and it helped them, um, it helped them see that they needed to actually be a life coach. And when I heard that, I was like, I don't even know what that is, but that's interesting. So I looked it up and I thought, oh my God, like that's me. I do that kind of stuff. So the epiphany happened that this is what I'm supposed to do. And uh, instead of, you know, continuing on with this, you know, wonderfully cush job uh, at Ohio State, I've moved on to, uh, to, I actually retired and decided to start my own thing and starting my own thing has been amazing. It's tough. Um, every day is different, but at the same time, it's extremely fulfilling and being able to kind of continue to be around people who I love and adore 
and being able to encourage and support folks that you know start to doubt themselves seeing all that kind of stuff come to fruition it's just been like one of those things that just truly can make your heart happy and that's the life that i've chosen uh to actually follow and, and actually make a career of now it's crazy i love it i yeah. love it and you, you not only do you do keynote speaking you do coaching and consulting we do some similar work um, in those spaces. And it's all about, like you said, kind of that elevating your mindset to really create, figure out what you want out of life and be able to go get it. Is that right? Absolutely. And I, I truly believe that it's understanding like, like who you are being open to, uh, knowing that like there comes times when you actually have to change or alter or, and embrace that kind of change. And, it's, it's interesting because people, you know, look at my story and they look at where I've come from, came from, came from some like really uh, difficult circumstances to make it through, through to America's dream, which is a journey into like a, a space that, you know, only people could like only like they, they could only dream of. That's right. I ask questions like all the time about like, how did you do this? And I realized it was do some soul searching. I, I understood like the reason I was able to make those things happen is because I controlled the things that I could control. And once I focused all my time and energy into uh, controlling what I could control, man, it's amazing how you end up controlling the things you can't control as well. I mean, yeah. that, that, that says it to a T because somebody listening could be like, you know, he played in the NFL. He had all this worldly talent, but you and I both know there's a lot of ultra talented athletes that will never step on a field on Sunday because they don't focus on what's in their control. They don't give that effort, that consistency. And when you said it best, how do I control what's in my control, get better at it and somehow find out how much I start to influence those things outside of my control. Great things happen. Yeah. So I love, I love that. I'm with you, man. It's amazing how it's all really tied together. It's like when you, um, like when I was a, when I was in at Ohio State and I was a junior and I didn't embrace the change of the, of them wanting to, me to play a new position. Um, uh, it, I ended up having the worst career. I mean, the worst season of my career, but then two years later, I get drafted by the bears, Chicago bears, and they want me to change and do the same thing that, that they wanted me to do at Ohio State. And this time I embraced it, the change. And it's not a coincidence that when I positively went into it, I gave it my all. I was open to, you know, now pass blocking and run blocking and improving like my, my pass catching skills. I ended up turning into a better player in this new position than I ever was in the Latin, the old position. And those kinds of things are not coincidences. And all of it was in my control. It may seem like I don't have any control of being on the field or, or, um, uh, scoring like touchdowns or you know whether or not the coaches are going to play me it may seem that way but the way that I approach it everything that I put into it I control that part and when I control that I ended up controlling I mean they couldn't they had to have me on the field I love it kind of how it I works. love it yeah that's right I was about to say you the old what's the old Steve Martin line is be so good they can't ignore you and yes you coach the same way just yeah. work on improving yourself and everything you do. Now, Remo, man, go ahead. Great. Remember the jerk? Did you ever see the movie, the jerk? Oh yeah. 
Hey man, that's yeah. one of my all-time funny moves. That is one man. of my I love that. Oh, shit. that is a uh, that is a classic. And then they were running. Uh, see, we were on a flight the other day. You had a father of the bride was on, and man, okay. dudes, dudes been all over the place. What a what a career! And then he, uh, moonlights is like a what he plays the fiddle or like some musical instrument uh, that he just kind of does on the side and nobody knows. And he's toured around with it. It's, it is the wildest thing. So Raymond, man, it's no. crazy. He's known for something, but has gotten pretty good at something else. Cause it was that passion and he saw it for his life, no man. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you making some time for people who want to one, learn more about your speaking and coaching programs. What's your website. And then where do you like to hang out on social media? Oh yeah. Uh, that's great, man. Uh, so you can, if you need to find me, I'm very accessible. Go to my my website, which is www.raymontharris. That's R-A-Y-M-O-N-T, Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, all one word, dot com. And I like to be on Instagram. I normally, I'm oh, as an old guy, I'm a face, I was a Facebook guy. So now I realize from like the young kids are telling me how I got to get, <laughs> I didn't have a, you know, this presence on, on Instagram and IG. So under, on Instagram, this is my name again, Raymont underscore Harris. You can find me there. You can find me on Twitter. Everything is my name. Cause that's the, one of the good things about having like a, a unique name, you know, pretty much no, no one is using that. <laughs> well, we've got, we've got all those links uh, here in the show notes. So for anybody listening, all you gotta do is click on the show notes, give him a follow. This is airing. Obviously this is late January. As I shared when it aired, we're recording right before Christmas. And I hope when this goes live, you or I are celebrating a national championship game because I know your Ohio State Buckeyes are about to play Georgia in a yes. week, and my TCU Horn Frogs are hopefully going to take out Michigan in a week. Yes. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Everybody listening already knows the final verdict, but right now I'm like, you know, it'd be be a lot of fun. So Raymond, man, this has been a blast. I appreciate you coming on the show this week. My guy, I appreciate it anytime. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get plugged into Competitor Nation, find more episodes, pick up your next favorite shirt or tank, or find out ways how we can work together through my speaking and coaching programs, visit CompeteEveryday.com.